0: There is only one place we can begin today's sports blitz and that's with the news that Jack Charlton has died at age 85. Big Jack started playing for Leeds in 1952. For reference, the team had never won any top silverware at that time, still played in blue and yellow, the scratching shed was still a thing and John Charles was a relatively new player at the club. Over his time at Leeds, he became the heart of the Don Revy side and of its defence. He played 773 times for Leeds, which is a club record in his 21 years at the club, and won the 1st Division, 2nd Division, FA Cup, League Cup, two InterCities Fairs Cups, the PFA Footballer of the Year in 1967, and the World Cup, of course. Everyone who has met Jack, or talks about Jack, mentions how lovely of a man he was and compare him to John Charles and the idea that he was a gentle giant. He was really caring and supportive of everyone he met, even the opponents he played against on the field. Of course, his time in football management as well, with the likes of Middlesbrough, Newcastle, Sheffield Wednesday and Ireland, also made him much beloved to fans outside of Leeds. In fact, he was made an honorary Irish citizen as well. Big Jack joins Norman Hunter and Trevor Cherry in the list of notable Leeds legends who have lost their lives this year. In all fairness, it means that Heaven's defence must be looking really good at this point. No one's getting past that. The thoughts of all of us at the sports Blitz go out to the friends and family of Jack Charlton during this incredibly difficult time. In other news, Serge Aurier's brother Christopher was shot outside of a nightclub in Toulouse and shortly pronounced dead afterwards. Our thoughts go out to his family as well. Hello and welcome to the Sports Blitz. Coming up on today's show, Manchester City defy FFP as their Champions League ban is overturned. We react to the less than surprising and more than disappointing news. It's official, the old name of the Washington NFL team has gone. We talk about where the team go from here, plus Ferrari's bad day, protesting, tracing point and pandemonium day. That's all coming up on Tuesday Sports Blitz. And welcome to the show today. I hope you're doing well. I hope this podcast finds you in good health as per usual. Apart from the obvious, notable events and news stories from this weekend, I hope everyone has had a good weekend. Mine was a good weekend, obviously, with the Leeds game, which I needed a lie down from, to be honest. I I didn't see that coming. I didn't even, like, overly celebrate. I've seen all these photos and videos online of people, like, really celebrating. I was just sat there stunned. I couldn't believe it. And edging closer. Four points now. Four points. We're not there yet. Four points away and Bielsa has been reminding the team that recently as well. This podcast is dropping on July 14th 2020. Remember the Sports Blitz can be found on anchor.fm, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Breaker, Tuning, Google and Apple Podcasts. And we have a website with great articles and other audio content that can be found at the Sports Blitz blog.wordpress.com On the website this week, I've had more previewing of the NHL as our season gets ready to get underway on August 1st, which you will hear later on. They started training camps yesterday, so that's very exciting. The weekly blitz was up again yesterday morning. We had the start of the World Cup and my favourite games from the next seven days as well. And yeah, that was it this weekend actually, and Monday. Completely forgot to be honest. So last week I described my favourite sporting event as in the most boring way I possibly could. Side with ten men, beat side with eleven men to play in another league the year after. And of course that is referring to Leeds United two Bristol Rovers one. I had to get in the fact that Leeds were playing with ten men, but what a game! But that perfectly sums up what it's like to be a Leeds fan. And that's when it's going right. When it's going wrong. It is different, we'll just say, we'll say different. If you don't know, by the way, today is Pandemonium Day. So, the day when everything goes wild and crazy and is unpredictably mad. And honestly, that is what it's like being a Leeds fan 90% of the time. So, this is a day that Leeds fans will be very used to by now. But yeah, it's great that we won the, the weekend, not only because it reduces the, the, the gap to promotion to four points, but it also means that we got a win for Big Jack as well. Before we go into the show as well, I do want to mention that my game of the week has already changed from what I'll say later on, though I'll keep it in. It's changed to Wickham to Oxford 1, the playoff finals tonight, which I'm recording after. Do you remember... Back in 2014, Wickham survived on the last day of the season to prevent relegation to the National League. At the start of this year, they had just nine players. It was almost like Blackpool when they got relegated from the Championship. They were the favourites for relegation and tonight they have got promoted to the second tier for the first time in the club's history. and They deserved it. They were the better side for most of the game. did have Eastwood in the goal for Oxford had an absolute mare with the conceding the first goal from the Joe Jacobson cross, and then with bringing down, barreling down, whatever you want to call it, thread on your dimmer, and yeah, obvious stonewall penalty, as blatant as a good get. Joe Jacobson, who missed his penalty last time in the playoff semi-final against Fleetwood, and then missed the penalty that he did in practice as he admitted after the game went straight down the middle like his trainer had said and that was the winning goal, that was the difference that is what got Wickham Wanderers into the championship and as a Leeds fan and I'm sure the overwhelming majority of fans from other clubs in the second tier will, will happily do, will say "Welcome, Wickham Wanderers welcome to the championship and they absolutely deserve it, it's been a wonderful season, Gareth Ainsworth has to be manager of the year in League One, arguably is the best manager in the country for what he's done this year, and apparently he had band practice tonight, because he's in a band, which is not surprising when, when I come to think of it, and he had band practice tonight, and he had to be excused, which his bandmates happily did for him, because he was managing in the League One playoff final at Wembley. And if you can, watch Akin Fenworth and Ainsworth's interviews And Joe Jacobson's, actually. But watch Akin Fenwell's and Ainsworth's interviews after the game. Because they were absolutely fantastic. I loved listening to them. They were absolutely wonderful. And, yeah. Really good final. Exceptional to watch. And many congratulations to Wickham. Who, for the first time in their history, will be playing in the Championship. Final thing to mention before we go into the podcast itself. News in Brief will actually now be an article format because it's just easier to write it as an article instead of doing it for the actual podcast. So that will be going up at the same time as this podcast. It's already up now for you on the sportsplitsblog.wordpress.com. So give that a read if you want to, including the return of the Bundesliga and Spy Bundesliga. They've confirmed when they're going to start again for the new season in Germany. If you want to find out, you're going to have to read the article. Oh, you see what I'm doing there. Making you have to go—it's clickbait, but in audio form. And with nothing more to be said, let's go into episode forty of the Sports Splits. And joining me today, Josh and Harry. Hello. Hi there. Hello. How was everyone's weekend?
1: Um, a lot of a lot of sports to talked about. Um, and I me mean, United playing this evening is good, but we've had uh, test cricket properly back. Um. Uh, another race uh, in austria and yeah there has been a, a good variety so yeah quite pleased with this weekend yep i guess a weekend of uh of two
2: moods of elation and utter disappointment at the same time for several reasons um okie doke yeah why
0: did chelsea not do the football
2: they did not they forgot how to do the football
0: oh uh, i'm sorry they forgot how to do the football let's go into the news then i'm going to start with the football uh, this this football association football disappointed but not surprised manchester city's ban from european competition has now been overruled by the court of arbitration at four sport meaning they will be allowed to compete in next year's champions league And their fine has been reduced to 10 million euros, which is odd. Because if they haven't done anything wrong, why are they still being fined for it? It's a bit weird. But anyway, what is our immediate reaction to this?
2: Just frustration. Sheer frustration. It's, It's the second time we've seen financial fair play just being brushed aside because of well, I don't know why it's been brushed aside. To be honest, we haven't—that hasn't actually been published yet. They just said it's been overturned rather than any justification yet.
0: For legal reasons, I will not give my thoughts on how the ruling was overturned.
2: Probably that, but yes, we haven't actually seen the full publication of but their reasons are, yeah. why they've appealed it. But I—I uh, I, I am amazed that it has. But there must have been there must have been some overwhelming evidence, otherwise I'm. Well, no, because I.
0: I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Court of Arbitration for Sports said lack of evidence to prove UEFA's point.
2: Okay, well, it still doesn't. It still just justifies the fact that financial fair play is being very poorly enforced and very yeah very inadequate inadequately monitored, because 10 million is supposedly a sixth of the amount of money that Man City funneled, allegedly funneled, uh, in an illegal way.
0: Yeah. And it's also worth mentioning as well the Abu Dhabi group of own Man City make seven million an hour. So, this is not exactly punishment, is it?
1: No, it's yeah. not. Um, and it, a couple of things it sets a precedent for teams in the situation Man City are in, of we can get away with pretty much whatever we want to do. Yeah. And secondly, rip FFP because. Yeah, exactly. What is it now? It's like Harry says. It's completely irregularly enforced. Um, we none none of us actually quite know what it is now. You know, if if city aren't getting charged for this, then then what uh, are people supposed to be doing or not doing? It either needs seriously reviewing or somehow scrapped. Because, well, what is the point? Really, yeah, what absolutely. is the point? I absolutely. mean, yeah, you look at,
2: you look at Chelsea's ban recently for. I I would admit we were guilty as charged in what we had been doing about signing under 16 year olds was it under 18 year olds I can't remember which the the actual was I think it's under 16 year olds from outside of Europe um, with regards to Bertrand Traore was one of the players um, and moving to a country for non-footballing reasons and then signing them rather than signing them for footballing reasons and then claiming that they moved for non-footballing that was the official line um, and obviously, we got the two transfer window ban, uh, which has been served, and now we can spend again. But you then you look at Man City, who just have done something, I'm not going to say equally as terrible, but you know, as terrible. It's bad. It's very yeah, bad no, it's... as well. It's completely illegal um, in most people's eyes. And, you know, they've just waltzed it. <laughs> hmm.
0: And yeah, it came back to my point of with FFP and kind of like what Josh said what are we even doing here with FFP if, if we're not going to enforce it because it's fair to say I don't have a dog in this fight but I am a strong believer in FFP I'm a strong believer that it can help prevent what happened to Portsmouth and Leeds and Gretna if you want to go for example Rangers but it, I I don't know where it goes from here I I think it has to be made twenty times stricter, or the rich clubs are just going to be able to walk over everyone, as as City have proven. Yet again, it seems to be it's much easier to enforce at a lower level with smaller teams, which is the exact opposite of what UEFA were trying to do with FFP. They wanted to close the gap between the richest and the poorest teams, and yet with the way they currently operate FFP, it seems to be expanding, which is exactly not what we want.
1: Yep, I absolutely.
2: Agree there seems to be it's a bit like what they say with Formula 1 there's a Formula 1 and a Formula 1.5 it's a bit like in football you've got the teams that really can afford to spend billions if they wanted to and the teams that just can't and they're a class apart yeah absolutely this is them subtly saying they want a European Super League mark my words Quoted yeah. here on the sports blitz. We are never. Co- going to do if it. If that ever
0: happens, we're not covering it
1: in the slightest. I'm not touching no. it. Just ever. Just boycott it. Yeah. going to boycott. It, it, I think it's completely I wrong. Ha- I would have to boycott if if United took part. I'd. I don't know. Um, I'd cease watching them. It's yeah. that much of an issue. It, it, I, I mean, I, it's
0: obviously a much longer shot for me. But if Leeds ever gained entry into, I'd be bye. I'm off to yeah. support Saint Pauli now.
1: Bums
2: St. Paulie that, suddenly had a turn of events.
0: That's not going to happen in you now. <laughs> can, can you imagine if some mega-donor tried to buy St. Paul there'd be riots in Hamburg. Ooh. But, anyway, so what is the future for FFP, then, if there even is a future? If there is a future, what, what, what what serious future? reform. Yeah,
1: future. serious, serious mm. reform. I Otherwise, I reckon, there is no reckon, future. Yeah. If it
2: wasn't for the certain events of this summer, meaning... People are less, less willing to spend money. I could seriously see people just dumping money this summer on players. As a result, I'm going, well, it's clearly enforceable. So it's unenforceable, sorry. So, um, yeah, well, we're just going to spend. Hmm.
0: It's time to move on, on to something else. I'll tell you what, though, if City think this is a big win for them, it, it is and it kind of isn't because I personally think that that's the, the team that benefits from else is PSG who mm. always can invest to the front but never can of the back due to, the, to due to FFP, who are now yeah. just going to go, let's not bother. Let's yeah. just collect a super team. And they would absolutely stomp over Man City. So, um, yeah, you still haven't really won. And that's slightly me being bitter and slightly me being analytical. Okay, and let's move on, Ben. And now we're going to talk about the Washington NFL team who have officially retired their own old name, the... Beep. As um, you might remember, they initiated a review process and there was absolutely no way that review was ever going to end with. Yeah, name's alright. We're going to keep it. but it, it just wasn't going to happen. Obviously, big pressure from the sponsors, including FedEx, Pepsi, Nike, over the last few weeks has resulted in them officially retiring their old name, that R word. The press release said that Dan Snyder and Coach Rivera are working closely to develop a new name and design approach that will enhance the standing of our proud, tradition-rich franchise and inspire our sponsors, fans and community for the next 100 years. So, immediate reaction?
1: Uh, I mean, I think we're all of the sport splits are in favour of this. Um, it's certainly been a long time coming, Um I know Dan Snyder was uh he said for a long time he wasn't going to change. Ever. Uh, It was never gonna
0: change. It Um, has.
1: And I think the cynic in me says, looking at the uh sponsors, as you say, that have put so much pressure. Um, I mean what, Amazon, Walmart, Target, Nike all removing uh merchandise from their websites um espn saying it's going to stop using the team logo etc etc is probably that's what's probably pushed him unfortunately not a sort of moral compass but uh yeah um extremely pleased um as far as i can tell there's been no official confirmation of what they would change it to i know previously on the show we've uh, put our own ideas forward but um yeah no um it's a relief that they've actually um decided to go forward with this and it's been good to see some of the wider reaction from around the sporting world.
0: Yeah, and as I <laughs> some of the reaction has been opposite. Never go yeah. on sports Twitter is what I'm learning. Because <laughs> the number of caverns were out in force this morning. Just going, Yeah Which <laughs> is the best way I can say Oh oh, who's next to go? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No, because well, Buccaneers no. isn't racist. How how are you not getting this?
1: But don't don't get let uh, logic get in the way of a good strawman argument.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so many strawmen out on Twitter this morning. Mm-hmm. Just go on other social media sites for. I I yes. essentially now L- only use sports news. Yes, life and
1: advice. Stay off Twitter, kids.
0: I was gonna say funny Leeds United memes. They're all pretty much off Reddit and Football Manager mm-hmm. memes, which are also all off Reddit. But, yeah, like like you said, it. I don't think Dan Snyder woke up one morning and went, hang on, our name's racist. It doesn't seem like it's really in the character of the man who, you know, never, 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 never sort of thing. But, alas, and almost anything would be better. Until they eventually announced they're changing it to the DC Red. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Onion, once again, you know, being prophets. Mm-hmm. predicting the future there's not really mo- anywhere else to go in this story except for ha, ha 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 you caverns in your anger
1: yeah um pretty much it's i think it's one of the uh you know more fortunate byproducts of the sort of social movements we've seen as a whole um you know it's almost like uh, an, an invisible hand there really isn't it think, yeah you know, these consequences um not sort of intended from the original movement but we are getting sort of splinters of you know everything being thrown into the limelight um more intensely of issues which have been say touched on in the past as this has been but has never quite had the m- momentum behind it to, to to enact real change so it's yeah. it's it's good to see these positive if unintended consequences um it's it's going to be interesting to see what they actually decide on um i wouldn't sort of trust i mean actually no that's not true i would trust uh the washington uh nfl team to somehow manage to make it worse yeah um it, it's a good change to see it, and it will be quite exciting to see yeah. how they go about rebranding uh in the near future
0: yeah as you mentioned though they've not announced a new name yet and i would probably guess that's for logistical reasons they've got to make sure that the trademark's sorted and we've got to make sure everything's ready for that instant switch over sure sure so i asked this before i'll ask it again what is a the name you would most want them to take and b the most likely name for them to take
1: i mean i'm taking a lot of inspiration from will here i think the red tails is the way to go um for its for branding purposes as well as historical significance i think it ticks all the boxes um for me logic says that 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 would be uh fantastic because it's too good i don't expect them to go for it um i think something like the generals or the warriors is more likely but it just feels so lazy i don't know what you think it's it's mm. just <laughs> i
0: think the only issue i have with red tails is that i've seen a lot of people putting red x essentially so red yeah. followed by something else and if it was me, personally, I'd be wanting to get away from the old name. as as, as I'd want it to be as divorced as possible, because I think I people wanted to put Red in as an ode to the old, old name, and I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be doing anything to celebrate it. I'm okay with the Warriors. I don't think it's a bad name. It's not a good name. It is corporate. It's, you know, it's, it's basic, but it's okay, and I would actually say that, once we come around to NFL season, I would say the Washington Warriors took on, but I I, I don't know if there's, I I still I kind of like the Senators still Mm -hmm. I I know it's it's kind of boring but I, I think you want something that speaks to Washington, despite the fact that you know, they don't play in Washington, they play in Landover which is Maryland but Something that speaks to history, and I don't know what that is. Maybe the Washington Washingtons. There you go. George Washington up in here. Um, Before he gets cancelled, and then you've got to rebrand again. Oh, something about the White House. Uh, the Washington Whites. Wait, uh, wait. <laughs> and that track. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, I—I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Tuskegee Tuskegee Airmen were from like, Alabama or Arkansas somewhere down south. So it's not really anything to do with Washington. As much as I do like the name, yeah, um, i, I just I don't I don't see it happening. Like you said, uh, too good, but yeah. also not Washington enough. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go and honestly anything that isn't a racial slur will be lovely. I don't it's get how people. Yeah. yeah, I don't get how people, don't get that. It's it's literally a racist term. term. But it's not it's not like it's not like when they're saying, "Oh, the chiefs will be next." The chi- chiefs as a word isn't racist. No. Braves as a term isn't racist. That was Anyway, people are stupid is what I'm learning, which is a lesson I've learned far too many times. Indeed. Okay, and um, we're going to move on now, we're going to talk about Renault, who have protested Racing Point's design after the Styrian Grand Prix at the weekend. Their main complaint is around the brake ducts on the on the Racing Point, saying there is no feasible way that they could have copied them from the Mercedes without knowing more about the brake ducts than you could get through photography, which... It also implies that Mercedes have given them something. So, originally, obviously, the Racing Point team have said all along that the only way they've been able to copy the Mercedes is by lots and lots of photographs. But Renault alleging that the Brake Ducks prove that they have to have got extra information from Mercedes, which obviously is illegal with the Brake Ducks being something that each team has to have a unique design of for themselves. So... Obviously the FAA have decided that this is a complaint that's worth looking at, at th- the very least. I think I think the word was admissible.
2: Yeah, that was the word.
0: Do we see this going anywhere?
2: It's not the first time someone's protested and have a car for something like this. I remember at last year's Italian Grand Prix, uh, I believe it was Hass or even Bracing Point protested the Renault cars um, for their floor, and they got disqualified as a result. Um, I think Ricardo had a breakdown anyway, but Hülkenberg got disqualified as a result. I I can't, I don't know if that's accurate, but I think it was something like that. Um, I mean, basically, supposedly, this would mean they'd have to come up with new brake ducts, other parts potentially as well, which could ruin Racing Point's season. And it's just games. I mean, you look at the weekend. Renault think that they're fast; they could be faster than Racing Point if Racing Point, you know, didn't have these brake ducts or hadn't copied Mercedes as much as they say they had. Um, but then McLaren is still a lot quicker than Renault, so it seems a bit like Renault are going, "We're not quick enough this year, so we're going to try and make other people slower rather mm. than making ourselves quicker." And it's a bit disappointing. to be Well, honest
0: it, to. It, it seems like they've gone for the brake ducks because obviously the regulation came in this year saying that brake ducks had to be unique to each team. You couldn't buy them off another team. And I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt for the time being because it, it could be quite difficult to build up a case purely on brake ducks and wait for the regulations to change. And I think at one point Racing Point had admitted that they were buying in parts like the brake ducks which obviously they now no longer can do. So it might just be that they have waited this long to make sure the case is firm. Not that I'm i I'm not gonna say either way, what what is in Renault's character. Obviously it feels somewhat different to Red Bull's protest over the Mercedes, where they said, We're going to lodge this, practice one friday because they wanted to give mercedes heads up of that and say we are going to be doing this Mm. and almost like apologetically but not really apologetically so it is worth giving them the benefit of the doubt for the time being i can't remember who it was but somebody wrote on the f1 website that it is incredibly incredibly difficult to precisely copy someone's brake ducts purely through looking at photographs because the majority of the design is on the inside so there's no sure. point taking a photograph of the outside because you won't be able to see what's going on on the inside. If these brake ducts are incredibly similar, would that be considered considered as very suspicious then?
1: Potentially. you have to say so, wouldn't you? Potentially,
2: but there's one thing. If Racing Point, who are a customer team of Mercedes and have been for a very long time as far as I'm concerned, I can't think of a day even the Force India days we didn't have, a Mercedes engine. I think even back to Paul Resta they had Mercedes. Um, they've been using Mercedes parts for a while now. What if this? This is you know, we're thinking we're going out, you know, out the box here, thinking really out the box. What if they bought the brake ducts whilst it was still legal to buy the brake ducts? It would
0: still be illegal now.
2: No, no, no. But looked at the brake ducts that they put on the car.
0: That would still be illegal. It'd be kind of like. Buying the blueprints off someone and copying them, it's but, still.
2: But it would it because yeah, it would be illegal because but they would be no, because it would...
0: has it stresses unique. The okay. the rules stress unique. You cannot just copy and paste over because that breaks unique.
2: But they didn't. They didn't buy the blueprints. They didn't buy them. They bought the part. Yeah. So what happens if they just looked at the part they had?
0: It would still not be and unique.
2: Then took it. But they could just alter. I, I, if
0: I looked at a Leeds kit and then copied yeah. it and sold it, it would still be copyright infringement,
1: because well, yeah, I, it,
0: that It's because not, it not a unique design. Badge on. Yeah, but you it said, has to be unique. That's the could point. Put a
2: racing point badge on it. That doesn't theirs.
0: make. It, I don't think you know what the word unique means. It means <laughs> different.
2: Well, yeah, but if a Mercedes wants it, it has one, to be
1: different.
2: <laughs> I I reckon theirs could look very similar. As every other part on that car does it, to the old Mercedes. Oh, yeah. But it's but, got subtle differences. And that's all they've gone for. They've gone for the subtlest of differences that they know is legal because they showed their blueprints and the Mercedes blueprints to the FIA last season in preparation for yeah, season. the
0: season. Yeah, but for counter to right is so that there are so many thousands of components, the FIA, FIA could have overlooked it. Because we are talking about brake ducts at this point. It's, very, it's mm-hmm. a very minimal part it plays an well, important role, obviously, but it's it, it's one of many, 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 many parts on a Formula One car.
1: No, to to look at them being so similar. I I
0: think to be honest, the only reason they would say they know is because they've looked at the exterior of the brake ducts, which sort of goes against their own argument. Oh yeah. well, you know the the insides could be really, really, really similar, and that would prove that they're copying. But they've only got to that conclusion by looking at the outside, so it, it'll be very interesting if we were to hedge our bets at the moment, where would we say the ruling's going to fall is it going to be in Renault's favour or in Racing Point's favour probably Racing, racing points. Points. Yeah. Racing Point Points. and yeah. um, worth mentioning as well, the Mercedes cars have been seized from last year or they've been asked to hand but, over yeah. the Mercedes cars to so have a look, and this year's Racing Points as well, so the FAA are definitely taking this seriously Okay, and let's go on to the return of the NHL then, because it has been confirmed, as we wrote on the blog.wordpress.com on Saturday, I want to say. We now know how the NHL will be returning, when it will be returning. It's going to be on August 1st. Yesterday was the first day that training camps began up and down the league. They'll be travelling to either Edmonton or Toronto, based on the conference in. on July 26th, and then will get underway on August 1st with the first few fixtures, including, as I look at the world's smallest image, the Rangers at the Hurricanes, Panthers against the Islanders, and Canadians against Penguins. Oh, and Blackhawks against Oilers, and Jets against Flames. So many great games all on the 1st of August, and then we're going to be going through the rest of the playing round for the next eight days after that as well. Going into the season then, the best teams in... Or going into the resumption, I should say. The best teams in the league, the Boston Bruins are on 100 points, the St. Louis Blues on 94, the Avalanche on 92, the Lightning on 92, and the Capitals on 90, with the Penguins and Flyers not too far behind as well. Really good that we get Ice Hockey back. I I don't want to say that the Bruins are the favourites. I just... I don't uh, I feel uncomfortable. But, but uh, the they've got a yeah. six point gap at the top. And, you know, they looked really good last year. I, I I'm gonna say the St. Louis Blues, because all they need to do is crack open Gloria and everything will be better and they'll start playing brilliantly as they have done over the last two years. But yeah, Ice hockey is back. It is worth mentioning as well that the teams five to twelve in both conferences will be playing in this playing round. Any team that gets eliminated automatically has a twelve point five percent chance of getting the first overall pick after the draft lottery about two weeks ago. So that's gonna be really interesting to see. I I I'm guessing most teams would rather take the playoffs because they're not stupid. But yes i i am really looking forward to this i've unusually missed ice hockey to say i've barely watched it in the past
1: i, was gonna I am say super say that seems giddy. like an odd one for you to be honest with you to be that enthusiastic about i, I didn't think it was that yeah. high up on your hierarchy just, of sports
0: i've just missed it i just missed it it's really fun it's a really good game especially now that i've gone on a big i've gone on a bigger screen and i can actually see where the puck is Because I'll be honest, sometimes I do have problems with that. We'll go into the next story then. And it's that soccer is going to return to a regular TV schedule next year. In the top flight, we will not be able to watch every game like we have done this year. Despite the fact that we don't know if there are going to be fans in the stadium. The Premier League are currently targeting 40% capacity. Though, it's unknown whether they'll be able to do that. What we do know... Is that we will not have every game on TV anymore. How how would we react
1: to this? Did you say um they're keeping the blackout or they're I'm they're guessing red. they're
0: gonna keep the blackout because nice things aren't allowed to happen. Oh, for
1: God's sake. <laughs> um It just feels it feels so, so, so unnecessary. I think we've debunked the uh the myth on earlier shows, haven't we, about the, the yeah. blackout and you know, the culture of football, especially, I would prefer to, to watch every game in person if I could. Um, I can't anymore because university exists. You mm. know, I'm sure, you know, you guys are the same. If you could, you would. The only reason we watch it on television is we can't get to the games. People who can do. Yeah. So that's why we see sold out stadiums, you know, uh, across the Premier League and across most of the Championship. Yeah. Uh, it, Absolutely. There, there is no argument that having it on TV. Reduces attendances because it doesn't. Uh, I I I don't understand. It's bizarre and weird and needs to get in the bin.
0: It's archaic, <laughs> is what it is. In one word, it's mm-hmm. archaic. No, no one is opting to go to their local lower league side when t- the team they actually support is on TV. It just doesn't happen. End of. Uh huh. <sighs> maybe there's like two people and to be honest if they're going to their local ground every week they actually support that team more end of (sighs) and breathe a couple of other things as well is that there will be no drinks breaks next season because they were brought in to help with players in the summer and to help with injuries. And that's not going to be a problem next year. So there will be no drinks break- breaks. I've never got people's opposition to it. Just, oh, this is ridiculous. This needs to end now. Oh, look at that whiteboard. Just doesn't, doesn't matter. So shut up. Meanwhile, the foreign threshold in the Premier League, it looks like it's set to remain the same. It's currently that you have to have eight homegrown players in your side. And you're allowed up to 17 players from overseas. The FA apparently wanted to change it to a 12 homegrown players, 13 from elsewhere split, which is farcical. And it looks like that's not going to happen, thank the Lord. Though Good. teams, I don't think we'll now be allowed to sign players it was either under the age of 18 or under the age of 21. I think it's 18, that makes more sense. From the EU because they're stupid. But yeah, I've... If you want to be the best league in the world, which the Premier League regularly drowns down our throat, but it is, despite... No. It, then you're going to want to have the best players, and as much as we would like to think otherwise, as Optimistic England fans, they're not all in England playing for, I don't know, Haven't Waterlooville. Mm. They're playing in foreign leagues. So, yeah, I've never got that role, and thank God. That, to be honest, I want it completely obliterated, personally. But... I'm not going to get my way, I get that. A 12-year-old has been arrested for the racial abuse of Wilfred Zaha, which he posted on Twitter on Sunday morning.
1: And... And they would be from Solihull as well, wouldn't they? Of course they'd be from the Solihull. Because the West Midlands needs that clout. Yeah. Uh, it It's... It's shocking in a, in a completely different way. I mean... I've got a younger brother who's almost 12 and it's just uh, it's just it almost personalizes you in a way because you can't imagine how on earth is that child been conditioned like that it, yeah it beggars belief. Probably social media. I don't
0: want to sound like an old person but but yeah, probably the internet and social media if it does give us this podcast and the wonderful website so essentially what i'm saying is spend less time on twitter and everyone come to the sportsbooksblog.wordpress.com that's that's the whole point of this um sheffield united striker david goldrick was also targeted by racial abuse over the weekend as well it's hard to say where where to go from here i think uh, the one optimistic thing to take from this is that it was reported by saha the police identified him quickly he was arrested Job done. Obviously we need to tackle the much bigger problem of changing social attitudes, but this is a good start.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And we have the Champions League draw as well in midweek. Who's everyone's favourite picks?
1: Uh by
2: Munich, apologies. You can clearly tell Ch- Chelsea are still the favourites to uh to go out <laughs> first. Um <laughs> we're gonna get tr- yeah, we're gonna get trashed.
0: But what, what what game stands out the most out of the ones that are uh As I definitely don't Google them again. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing Atalanta play because I, I love watching Atalanta play. I mean, the game for me is Rasenball. The other game for me is Rasenball Sport-Leipzig against Atletico Madrid. Looking forward to that. And I smile. don't think
2: that that would be easy for Atletico. Because Leipzig weren't amazing after the restart. Oh, Rassenburg Sport. And Werner has left. He's not playing for them anymore. Um okay. I reckon my I, I won't,
0: actually no, I won't I won't say my opinions about uh Timo Werner because I do not have a thing to bleep out swear words yet on here. So okay. we'll just we'll just leave that. I guess aside.
2: I guess yes, the winner of uh Madrid City against, let's be honest, Juventus will be a good game. Um mm. and Barcelona Bayern, I'm assuming it's gonna be that, would be a good a good quarter final.
0: Yeah. So, we'll move on then to game of the week uh, or the event of the week. Everyone will put forward their favorite thing that happened over the weekend and I'm going to let Josh go first.
1: Uh sure. So, um the second race in Austria wasn't uh, quite as fireworks as the first, but um I'd say a P5 for Lando Norris as my uh, moment of uh, the weekend. Uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, he's third in the driver's standings now. And it's really, really nice to see him finally, you know, uh, properly put himself amongst the mix. Uh, we've always known he's a talented driver. And now he's got um, a McLaren car that can actually, uh, you know, rise above the midfield. So, uh, yeah, very, very pleased for Lando over the weekend.
0: Um, Obviously, you watched the Formula One over the weekend. Do you want to yeah. inform us on how it went? Because I didn't
1: yes yeah, so i'm sure harry can help me out as well it's mm. um it wasn't yeah quite as uh, volatile or energetic but still we had uh, a few uh really good uh moments um uh key battles for fifth and ninth especially in the early stages uh especially the the midfield was uh quite fraught uh, i felt quite sorry for george russell mm. um yeah. who you know came off a relatively early despite a really good qualifying position um i thought renault had a bit of a weird day uh not letting ricardo through about sort of three or four laps earlier um should i say later than they should have done uh he was on the better tires um and the strategy would have been to let him through and really let him get uh, at the racing point and they didn't do that they just let him and ocon fight it out which i felt Sure, their racing at the time was, was probably detrimental for the team overall in that race. Um, overall, it was a good race. It was exciting to watch those midfield battles. Um, but ultimately, at the top, um, Verstappen just didn't have the uh, the pace to properly challenge Lewis. And uh, Bottas was always going to, to nick him in the end. And I think it shows the obvious superiority of those uh, Mercedes cars so whether max can actually do anything in the long term against lewis and Volteria is uh, remains to be seen i think a poor qualifying from uh, racing point
2: meant that they didn't have the performances that they wanted to in the race because i think sergio perez could easily have finished p4 had he started higher up uh, potentially potentially challenge for p3 had he started 4th or 5th on the grid uh, after qualifying Yeah, unfortunate for Russell, pushed off the track a little bit and then had a little bit of a, you know, a a moment, ended up in the gravel. Science had an unfortunate race, dropped down the order, couldn't really handle his tyres on the second stint, sort of wore them out a bit too much uh, in the first few laps. But this brings me on to my moment of the weekend or game of the week or whatever, and that was 1.2 seconds. The margin of first second in qualifying as Lewis Hamilton just showed people how to drive in the wet it's on you know formula one is a a sport of hundreds and thousands sometimes tenths very rarely will you see second gaps anywhere when it comes to lap times and he put in a lap in torrential rain where visibility was you know as close to zero as i've ever seen it on a racetrack and he finished 1.2 seconds clear of second place in qualifying. That is unbelievable. It reminds me of when he did that lap around Singapore in about 2017-18 when, you know, the Mercedes was probably the third best car at Singapore and still qualified half a second quicker than everyone else because he is that good a driver. If you ever wanted exemplary evidence of just this is why lewis is one of the greatest drivers of all time and it's not just the car beneath him it was it's a lap time like that
0: and okay i'm gonna go on to my game of the weekend then, and i i'm gonna stick to one i actually watched and i'm gonna go for the one that didn't disappoint me because one of them one of them did but i'm gonna go with napoli 2 ac milan 2 I, for the most part, didn't think AC Milan should have been anywhere in this game. They looked poor for most of it. The defending was weak. The attacking wasn't much better. But, you know, they got the rub of the green sometimes. Fio Hernandez's goal was completely against the run of play. Then, sort of looked like Napoli when going to get their just reward. Di Lorenzo, quite a good finish, as it was as well. From Dries Mertens. Did capitalise a bit on poor AC Milan defending as mentioned, but they absolutely looked like they were going to deserve their win until we had another penalty. Frank Kessy scoring from the penalty spot for AC Milan. It, it was a penalty, despite what Napoli were saying. Napoli looked like they'd just been robbed of a Champions League final very blatantly <laughs> with very action, but uh, yeah, I don't know how they they didn't how they thought that wasn't a penalty. It was absolutely beyond me. It was a penalty, Frank Kessie scoring, and it keeps the two in the fight for the Europa League. Napoli 6th for the moment, 52 points, Ace of Milan 7th on 50 points, which is currently one place below the Europa League places where Napoli obviously sit. We'll go through some of the other games that took place over the weekend, and I'm just going to go through them in the order I've written them down on the document, because I cannot be bothered to prioritise the list again, so... First of all, from La Liga, Real Madrid 2, Alaves 0. Real is getting another penalty. Karim Benzema scoring it. And Marco Asensio scoring in the second half to finish off the game against Alaves, who are still not entirely safe from relegation. They're three points clear of 18th place, Lagunas with a game to go. Huddersfield 0, Luton Town 2. This was absolutely no contest. Luton were by far the best side and... Thoroughly deserved the win. Goals coming from Sonny Bradley and Elliot Lee. Get a surname, man. Fulham to Cardiff nil again. I personally wouldn't say that Cardiff had much of a chance in this game because they kept getting forward and then just not doing anything once it once they got there. Like they'd get to the edge of the box and they'd go what, what were we meant to do now? am sure we're meant to do something Mitrovic scoring from the penalty spot it was a penalty and Josh Animer scoring the second there going into Saturday's games then Norwich nil, West Ham 4 Norwich are relegated from the Premier League I don't think that's a surprise to anyone 4 goals coming from Mikel Antonio nice, yep. nice. Cool. I didn't know that I, I didn't watch this game. I don't think that's a surprise. I also didn't watch Watford 2, Newcastle 1, which was one of the turn-ups of the weekend. It means that Norwich, Norwich, Watford are still three points clear of Bournemouth. We'll get on to that in a bit. By the way, if anyone has anything to say on any of these games, just feel free to stop me. <laughs> but uh, as we power through them... Sheffield United 3, Chelsea, now I remember what happened. I was asking out of interest earlier because I completely forgot. A goal from David, two goals from David McGoldrick, one let's, from Oli McSterney. Let's just stop talking
2: about that game. I, I don't want to hear about it.
0: Do you not <laughs> want to hear about David McGoldrick and Oli n- McSterney? N- no, no. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch <laughs> no. Match of a Day now. I, I'm not going to bother, actually. That was a complete lie of the record. Blackburn won, West Brom won. We're wondering which team would be the first to blink in this promotion race in the championship and it was West Brom. They lost their call cool towards the end of the game. They were completely hopeless in that last 15 minutes or so and obviously Slav and Bilic started fighting with one of the Blackburn players. for Blackburn player was being a bit of a dick in all fairness.
1: Left in Leeds, Alex.
0: Hey Pablo Hernandez, Place United. Um yeah, just <laughs> completely lost their call and they're still three points clear of Brentford who of course won against Derby. Can you just stop, please? Just stop now. I'm fed stop up. Stop the winning. One of the three sides who have not lost a single game since the restart including Real Madrid and Bayern Munich. Huh?
1: Brentford The European Super League 2021. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They deserve it. Lazio 1, Sassuolo 2. Lazio still cannot put a performance together. Great. Well, actually it is great because I don't like them. But the goals coming from Aspidori and Caputo for Sassuolo, who continue to be, oh, actually 7th. I didn't know that in all fairness. I thought they were, mid- well, they were mid-table before this weekend. Good, impressive win for them. Juventus 2, Atalanta 2. They're so close. They were so, so close. Uh, Zapata and Malinovski scoring for Atalanta two penalties from Cristiano Ronaldo. Both deserved handballs. But I, I, I thought they were there. I thought they'd done it. They, they hadn't. That, that's, mm, disappointing. Barcelona keep the title race going in La Liga. Kind of. With a 1-0 win against Valladolid, And then on to Sunday, finally. We've got through them all now. Tottenham 2, Arsenal 1. I can't remember who scored. How? <laughs> um, Alderweireld
1: and Son. Nice. Lacazette going for Arsenal.
0: Good finish as well, actually.
1: That was a, a very, very good finish. Um, which uh, was almost as good in their goal as they were poor for Spurs' first. Um which was a ridiculous gift. Uh, Overall, uh, I don't know, it still feels like Mourinho's had his day, to be honest with you. Um, That was, yes, it was a good result, but you don't see Spurs sort of being as defensively solid as you expect a Mourinho side to be. And, I don't know what you boys think, but it seems like he's just more and more ineffectual in the Premier League. I, I would disagree.
0: I think this was a very smart performance by Berminho. He knew how Arsenal were going to play, and he, he put in a tactic that that worked, because for all the possession Arsenal had, they weren't doing anything with it, and every time Spurs went forward, they looked dangerous. For me, I thought it was very well executed. Fair enough. He, he knows how to grind out a result, in all fairness. I think that's the one thing that is still going for him. He he knows how to grind out a result, and that's, that's what he did here. Absolutely. We'll go on to the other game. Uh, hmm, okay, Bournemouth 4, Leicester 1. First of Lester? all... Leicester? We First of all, I think I think the obvious question, with the obvious answer, was it a red card for Sionku? I haven't seen it. it. It was a red card. Yeah. Was it? He kicked a player it, whilst he was in the goal after the goal had been scored. Lost mm. his score completely. So Michael kicking his own defender with the ball in the backside as well. Uh, nothing went right for Leicester after about the, what, 60th minute. So yeah, fully deserved victory for Bournemouth. Played very well. When Dominic Solanke is scoring twice against you, probably yeah. time to rethink your career options or at least rethink mm-hmm. your tactics
1: although the commentator for that game said and this is how dominic Slanky announces himself to the premier league which i felt was a little i don't know hyperbolic but well, it was the first time he's done anything hmm. true but it was hardly welcome to manchester United anthony martial levels of introductions
0: I but think no, we can a all time, say that yeah. Dominic Solanke and Anthony Martial are about... I don't mean that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just before anyone thinks I'm being genuine. <laughs> it's a, a great result for Bournemouth. Obviously, exceptionally needed. I do think they will still go down. However, um, you know, they're putting up a brilliant fight. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yet to be seen. But uh, interesting, for sure. Yeah, three points. however... Away. Oh, go on. Are a massive one to watch because they've been really looking off the pace during lockdown and free, now free you know, falling. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Beautiful focus as always. I know. Um it's an inter- especially with the uh the city news coming today. fourth having of- you have to get fourth to-, to get Champions League. United are on form, Chelsea are on form. As it goes, <laughs> it's looking like Leicester are gonna be the ones to miss out. So for a team that's been in the Champions League places pretty much the entire season yeah. it's is that a good season for Leicester still, fi- finishing fifth? Really? Yeah, After... probably. It's disappointing though surely?
0: It's disappointing, yeah but this kind of reminds me of Leeds last year that third was still exceptional for how, how far we'd come so, I'd, I'd still say it'd be a good year for Leicester to finish fifth. It'll be disappointing, but good. Two more games to go into then. Leganés 1, Valencia 0. Hands up if you saw this coming. Anyone with their hands up is a liar. <laughs> the only goal of the game coming from the penalty spot, scored by Ruben Perez. Danny Perejo missed a penalty in the second half after the red card of Jonathan Silva. It means Leganess are still kind of in the fight for survival. It depends all on how Al- Alaves... Do to or have done tonight. I think they're playing tonight. I'm not quite sure. Yes, they're playing tonight. So, oh, yesterday. This is all very confusing, recording a day in advance. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Leganes, three points off Alabas. Obviously, that might have changed by the time you're listening to this. And finally, something we don't do enough. We're going to go to the second tier in Spain to La Liga Dos because Zaragoza lost to El Oviedo. on Sunday, I went to the wrong day, oh no, I was going to read out everything, but the reason that's important isn't just because Oviedo won and Oviedo are amazing, but it means that Cadiz have been promoted back to the top flight in Spain for the first time in 14 years, and loads of celebrations in the Spanish press because they are genuinely quite a likeable side, so congratulations to Cadiz on their promotion. We didn't have time to record this when we actually did the proper version of the podcast, but here are the On This Days. In 1951, the first colour telecast of a sporting event, a horse race in America, is broadcast. Also in 1951, the British Grand Prix is held. Jose Froilan Gonzalez wins Ferrari their first win in Formula 1. Juan Manuel Fangio is second and Luigi Villarese is third. In 1963, in the 50th Tour de France, Jacques Antiquille, I am apologise already for getting that name wrong, wins his third consecutive yellow jersey, becoming the first cyclist to win the Tour four times. He won his fifth jersey, fourth consecutive, on this day in 1964. In 1965, also in the Tour de France, Felice Gimondi wins the yellow jersey in his first year as a professional cyclist. How? How is that possible? That's absolutely fantastic. In 1973, in the British Grand Prix, McLaren's Jody Scheckter spins on the last lap, resulting in a nine-car pile-up, which ended the career of André de Amer- Ademich. Yeah. McLaren rests their driver for a few rounds after calls from the paddock to ban him for dangerous driving. In 1979, in the British Grand Prix, Clay Regazzoni gives Williams their first ever race win. He is joined on the podium by René Arnoux and Jean-Pierre Jarrier. I'm really bad with French names. I I need to learn, don't I? In 1987, MLB announces that the Rookie of the Year Award will be renamed after Jackie Robinson. In 2019, in the Cricket World Cup Final, England beats New Zealand on a count-back after the score is tied at 241 after 50 overs and 15 in the Super Over. That's the only time I've watched cricket, I think, maybe in my entire life. You will never hear me talk about cricket again, though. That is pretty much a promise. And also in 2019, Lewis Hamilton wins a record 6th British Formula 1 Grand Prix at Silverstone. And that is all the time we have on the Sports Blitz today. Thank you for listening. My thanks go to Harry and Josh for joining me. The intro and M music for the Sports Blitz was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incomprotect.com. We're back on Friday with either a podcast or article version of the Sports Blitz. I'm not sure yet, but stick around for that. Until then, I've been Alex Woodward and don't just have a good week. like the best player in NFL history. Have an immaculate one. Goodbye.